Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Night Shadows. I'm Stuart Best. Where the paranormal is normal. Where that which you thought you knew, you didn't. And where the future can be known, if you know exactly where to look. Well, good evening, everyone. Thanks a lot We have uh, for listening. And we have Larry on his phone, I believe, down there in the south. Hi, Larry. Hey, Stuart. I'm here. Uh, before we get going, I wanted to, on our last show, I read a bit of scripture. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world hears them. And we're going to get into a little bit of UFO stuff tonight. But uh, they are also, uh, when they arrive here, are of this world, and every message they give us is of this world as well so you always want to keep that in mind it's all part of the latter-day prophecies of a visitation from uh, a group out there anyway so jesus is warning us about this is all of this world and he told us we better get out of this world if we want to uh, go to heaven so the question would be then, how does one get out of this world? And he tells us in Matthew chapter 7, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. I.e., it stays in this world, where it's a straight gate, uh, and the narrow way actually lead one out of this world. Anyway, because straight is the gate, he says, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, few there be that find it. And then he immediately goes into false prophets. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, in other words, Christians. But inwardly they are ravening wolves. These are the fake preachers, teachers, and evangelists that are out there. And there's so many of them that you can't keep track of them all. Yeah, very wealthy, too, by the way. So uh, why is it that only a few, according to Jesus Christ, actually get out of this world? And the answer is also given in the scriptures. The way out is long and unpleasant. Look up the word straight and narrow for yourselves. Uh, because there is such a strong spiritual attraction that we all have to this world. And our five senses are acclimated to work in the material world. And the fall actually cut off or veiled our minds to the knowledge of the spiritual worlds, the ethereal worlds. Um, I think Paul words it, what you see is not what's really, it's what is upholding what you see is the real world. Anyway, uh, it's f- fascinating and I've got a couple of new uh, publications out on the membership site. Black Hearts, Bite of the Serpent, it's free, on both sides of the free or paid members. And the other one is Finding God, True Salvation. There are also tons of reports, PDFs, videos, audios, many free reports link. And we also have the latest May uh, Prophetic Insider and the latest May um, Twilight magazines are up too. Anyway, and then I wanted to jump into this. We got an email from a person, and I believe this is from Australia. It says, I received a phone call. This is very, very important, folks, because this is coming here. I received a phone call from my pharmacy today questioning me how many of each prescription I was taking and asked to count how many I had left of each one. I was told by the pharmacy, this is a world organization auditing pharmacies in Australia, 
and I had to account for my medication use and from now on receive a phone call each week to let them know what I have taken. I was shocked and forgot to ask who the World Organization was, but I will I will the next time they call. I am fairly sure it is the World Health Organization I'm thinking of. Uh, folks, we just got done with the World Economic Forum and who, and they're lying through their teeth. Oh, you know, we're not going to do what Biden wanted to do. Um, we're going to table that for now. It's kind of like DARPA and their total information awareness operations. And there was such a hue and cry. They said, oh, we've disbanded that. Don't worry about it. Of course they didn't. Governments want data on everyone. And they're going to collect it and collect it and collect it. I'm not sure exactly why they think that's so important, but they do. And uh, anyway, uh, what do you think about that, Larry? A call from your pharmacy? Are they going to now keep track of every last pill? Well, who knows? Uh, there's not a lot of pills, by the way. And uh, that's what we're finding out in America right now. They're doing, the pharmacies are doing all they can do to get scrape some pills together uh, to keep people on pills going because of the fact that most everything was made in China. And, of course, now all shipping basically has almost come to a halt. Well, guess where they're going to get their pills after they stop hauling pills? You're not. Yeah. Yeah, this is going to become very, very deadly. It's a death sentence for a number of people. And for whatever reason, unless you have a pharmacist that will go along with it, uh, you're not supposed to get more than a, a month's supply of pills, sometimes even a week. And uh, so they control the medications. China is in total control of most of it. We gave it all to China to do. Like our technologies and everything, give them to China. And uh, it, it, we were sold out. Let's put it that way. We've been sold out now for a long time. I thought this was interesting in view of some of the comments, which I hope to get into, at the World Health Organization. Uh and some of the comments that were made at the WEF, uh, very, very telling remarks. Um, what do you want to start with, Larry? Where do you want to get into first? Yeah, I was thinking when you was talking about the UN and who, I thought, uh, what is this World Health Organization? They don't seem to help anybody. All they want you to do is die. So really, they are to be an association of funeral homes, actually. Well, that would be the same as the uh, FDA, which I have nicknamed the Federal Death Administration, because <laughs> that's basically who they are and what they are. Uh, and we have got proof now of their how they approved of all this stuff without any trials, et cetera, et cetera, now killing thousands and millions of people around the world. Anyway, why don't we start with this. British cop witnesses tall white aliens inspecting fresh crop circles. Now, this was just posted, but it's actually a story from way back in 2009. But it caught my interest because I think it's very, very important for people to understand the reality of what we soon are going to be facing. Not many people know this, the article says, but back in 2009, a British police officer witnessed alien beings inspecting a fresh crop circle in the middle of a field. The police sergeant, who has not been named, witnessed the event back in 2009. The policeman was off duty at the time when he noticed the unusual beings in the field. Police officer pulled his car over and walked over to the field to see what was going on. He apparently had a very strange feeling about what he was seeing. However, as he approached what he called men, who were all way over six feet tall, with long blonde hair, that's either 
These are, what do they call those, Larry? The Nordics or the Tall Whites, one or the other. I don't think you got a real clear indication of their facial color. But anyway, they were all over six feet tall, long blonde hair. He suddenly heard the sound of static electricity, and the trio ran away faster than any man he had ever seen, so fast it appeared to him unreal. Leaving the scene of the strange event, the police officer quickly jumped back into his car and traveled back home to uh, Wiltshire. And there he contacted paranormal experts and told them that he had spotted a UFO. Uh, what do you think about that report, Larry? Reminds me of well, Charles. Not... Uh... Yeah, Don't Charlie Hall or Char- Charles yes. Hall. Uh, you know, he was the one in the military out in the Four Corners region that actually uh, played weatherman, uh, you know, and uh, wound up having to interact with a lot of tall whites, female and males both, and children. And uh, he's the one that said that their their craft, which appeared to be like uh, shaped more or less like uh, uh, diesel locomotives, you know, on a train, basically mm-hmm. would come in. And, uh, you know, I know a lot of people just don't believe in this stuff, but, uh, well, <laughs> they're more real than they think. Yeah, they're going to believe it. Uh, they're going to see it with their own eyes, like Noah says. going to have to believe, because they're going to see with their own eyes. Anyway, I wanted to mention that Stan Dale wrote a book called The Cosmic Conspiracy. Final edition was 2010, and that's the one you want to get. You want to order that book and read it carefully. He goes into Daniel and the arrival of the so-called gods, uh, called the strong delusion in the scripture. You'll find also in the book of Daniel where they talk about this arrival. Anyway, uh, a few little comments I've dug up. National Security Council Special Studies Group. Progressives on the SSG have placed into operation an acclimation program designed to prepare and to condition the public for open acknowledgement of extraterrestrial contact and presence. This acclimation program has resulted in significant disclosures of the UFO ET information by highly placed government officers. And there's a group known as the Avery, kind of similar in a way to Majestic 12. The Avery is not a governmental entity and is not running the government's UFO gradual disclosure program. Now just keep in mind the congressional hearings we just had, folks. They are not responsible for the above leaks, which instead are coming from the NSC Special Studies Group's acclimation program policy. Top world leaders, such as found in the Bilderberg Group Council on Foreign Relations, have been quietly meeting with and entering into negotiations with the representatives of the Interstellar Federation of ET cultures in contact. The ETs seek peace, human attention to reversing their global pollution, the sharing of theological, which I found very interesting, historical, metaphysical, scientific, cultural, and technological information. They also wish to be of assistance during upcoming and foreseen geophysical cataclysms, and societal turmoil. Isn't that interesting? Excerpts from Disclosure. Uh, This fellow wrote a book called that. He described a captured alien from one of the crashes called EBE-1 from the planet Siu, I guess, in the constellation Zeta Recticulum and was in military custody from 47 until its death in 1952. Now, part of this was verified by 
Bob Lazar, who worked on anti-gravity UFOs at Area 51's Dreamland. Now, a fellow by the name of Doty claims in his statement that in 1984, he was given another briefing where he read a document that mentioned an exchange program between alien races and 12 U.S. uh, US military personnel that lasted from 1965 through 1978. He said he didn't see the details of this classified project, but knew of its existence. Now, you might want to remember Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Remember that movie where they exchanged? That was based on reality, not fiction. We already... Now, here's another remark. We already have the means to travel among the stars, but these technologies are locked up in black projects, and it would take an act of God to ever get them out to benefit humanity. Anything you can imagine, we already know how to do. That was from Ben Rich, former head of Lockheed Skunk Works in a lecture shortly before he died. And Dr. Stephen Greer verified that that was true from his inside contact. We are already traveling far faster than the speed of light. So the question becomes, are we, the human race, already, have we, already surrendered to some group of so-called extraterrestrials In other words, is there now in place a treaty with an alien life form we thought were from other star systems, when in fact they're fallen angels? And this is the heart of the strong delusion. Uh, I had a friend of mine, as I've told before, who was a naval commander who was uh, party to the uh, Eisenhower meeting. Now, they say it's at Edwards Air Force Base. Others say it was at a remote meeting uh, airport in Mexico, in New Mexico. An abandoned field was re, uh, reborn, so to speak. And uh, that's where they met, totally off the record. And he described that uh, senior military officials, senior uh, civilian officials actually met with extraterrestrials on board a mothership that had landed. And uh, this has been going on for a long time. All you got to do is do a little digging, folks. And the reason I bring that up is because we are going to be facing now an arrival. I think it's very close at hand. And it's going to fool 99% of humanity. And it would even fool the Christians the elect, if it if it were possible. So this is deadly, and with all the sightings we're now seeing everywhere, particularly those in Israel. Larry, what was that deal where tall beings got out in Israel? They sounded almost like tall whites. Remember that? It was a couple of years ago. Yeah, they... Uh... Uh, matter of fact, Barry Chamish wrote a book on on that. He called it "The Return of the Giants," and uh, it's also reported that uh, Netanyahu and his staff met with uh, aliens. So, you know, who knows? Uh, I imagine there's more meetings than we can even dream of going on, but you're just not being told. Yeah, I know a lot of people think this is just foolishness, but if you go, there's a book written by Pember called Earth's Earliest Ages. If you can get a copy of it, you need to get a copy of it. Because in that book, he even talks about uh, how ancient man was transported out into outer space. By who? Well, the arrival that occurred back then. They came down in UFOs. Uh, Some of them landed on Mount Hermon. But if you go into uh, a lot of the uh, books of Native Americans and whatnot, uh, these beings, whoever they were, I think they're all fallen angels as far as I can tell, 
from from the messages they're giving. Uh, like Noah's said, when the beings come here, the first thing out of their mouth is that Jesus Christ is a hoax, and the Bible is a hoax. So, you know, they come 40 trillion, quadrillion light years away just to tell us that Jesus Christ is a hoax. That ought to raise suspicions right away, but I guess it doesn't. Uh, where do you want to go now, Larry? What else you got you want to talk about? Well, I was, gonna mention some, I was gonna I was just gonna mention some information that recently came in from Hal Turner, and of course you can't vet it because we're not getting much of the truth out of Ukraine <clears throat> by anybody. But uh, it's odd that Ukraine suddenly is screaming for missiles, uh, and Biden is working as fast as he can to send missiles to Ukraine that have a reach of like 500 kilometers. And uh, now, uh, you know, unless he moves quickly, this may be a problem. Let me read you the headlines off of Hal Turner today. Ukraine army collapse, with Zelensky now saying we must face reality as the Ukraine army finds defeat at many locations across the country. Ukraine army is now shooting Ukraine. Ukrainians in the back who surrender to Russians. Ukraine army only has about two weeks left, as the West now seeing the Nazis in the Ukraine government. The, even the Archbishop of England told, and this is interesting, Stuart, the Archbishop of England told the parishioners that Putin is the only one standing up against the new world order and that Russia was provoked into this war. And Absolutely. even the Ukraine, the Ukraine foreign minister is uh, revealing that he has now been told to negotiate with Russia and try to end the war. Now, this is a clue, Stuart. The missiles that Biden is trying to get into the Ukraine and the ones that Zelensky wants desperately that have over 500 kilometers, that's not 500 miles, but 500 kilometers reach, where would the, where would likely would they fall? I'll just I'll just give you one clue, M O S C O W. Yes. Yeah, I don't know why. Uh, you know, it's going to be. I think, you know, we all thought at the very beginning Russia would take it in two days, and that of course never happened. I don't think they expected the absolute resistance they got. But I did notice that just recently another warning from the Russians, don't be feeding any more weapons to Kiev because we're going to take them out. And uh, so we're just going to have to wait and see what happens next because it's a big question. The uh, powers that be have their plan. They have their agenda. And it's going to be very fascinating to see how all of this works out. And, you know, we don't have that much more time in uh, 2022. We're rapidly approaching midpoint here in June. And um, that gives six months left. And only uh, all the way through to September, not that far away, uh, Israel enters her new year. And as a lot of folks believe that 2022 is a huge turning point, it's a Schmitter year, a year of change. And so we may see some unexpected things occur, including an arrival. Wouldn't doubt it at all, because we really don't know exactly why the arrival takes place. Is it to say, you guys are not going to be allowed to use your nukes? Is it because... Uh, Russia decides, well, we'll just use a few nukes here if we have to to clean this mess up. Or is it going to be NATO seeing now that Ukraine is losing? It's going to jump into the fray big time. If they do that, World War III is on. What do you think, Larry? Do you think that's going to be a trigger event where they're just going to jump in and try and – they're losing ground because if Russia – actually takes Ukraine, which is basically what it's doing, uh, then the West 
wants to keep pushing this, what other options do they have? Well, what's interesting also is uh, not only Hungary just uh, went into a state of war, but Belarus just was ordered by the uh, leader of Belarus to prepare for a Ukrainian situation. Uh, He didn't clarify that, but he did add to it that uh, pro- that the Belarusian army was preparing for something coming from Poland, Latvia, and Lithuania. That sounds like NATO to me. You know, they've been funneling a lot of troops down through there that could come out of those countries and join Ukraine to fight against Russia. But but what's interesting is the fact, Stuart, that uh, and this this is a strange situation. Uh, I've been watching the situation in Israel really, really close. As a matter of fact, uh, there's a new post by Jerry Golden out of Jerusalem, and he very clearly lays out that uh, the big deal, um, you know, for the enemy is that, uh, you know, they want to get rid of the great Satan and the little Satan. And he says yeah. those are not real hard to figure out. He said that <laughs> the great Satan's America, and the little Satan is Israel. Israel. He said, don't mm-hmm. let that talk fool you. They would rather take Israel out than America, but since Israel might get in the way, they want to take out America first and then go after Israel. And so what he said after that was the fact that uh, the scenario is very dangerous in Israel at the very moment because... Uh, we're right on the deadline for the Iranians to possess nuclear weapons that they make by themselves without any help from anybody else. And mm-hmm. uh, with that with that going on, uh, there's some intel that I cannot vet. Uh, I just heard about it, and I told you about it, that you better watch this Sunday. I believe I said that was the 29th. Yes. Be- yep. Because of this massive, never-before drill that's going on across Israel at the present time with some American forces in it. Uh, But the odd thing seems to be that on Sunday, or I guess you could say right after the Sabbath, uh, Saturday night into Sunday when the Sabbath's over, that they're Mm -hmm. very concerned about the 29th because the, the drill is scheduled to go completely across the country. Everything military and civilian, it will be in place for something to happen, and it's defense. And so the the intel is that they're very concerned the Israelis will pick this time to go from drill to live and strike Iran. So anyway, well, I can't might. tell you what will happen. I can't even tell you that's accurate, but it is mm-hmm. being moved around in the intel circuits. Well, it's kind of interesting, too, because they're having problems with their government. And I was just reading an article where they think there is a very real possibility of uh, Bibi Netanyahu coming back. And that was very interesting to me in view of, uh, you know, what happened years and years and years ago. I was watching uh, him on TV, and uh, I just got this, I don't know if you want to call a message what you want, that he was going to be the one who would lead Israel through the tribulation. Well, everybody laughed when he left. Well, he came back. And the article even said he has more staying power than anybody. So it wouldn't surprise me if he does come back at all. Um Maybe he was scheduled just to lead Israel up to the tribulation and not through it. But if he comes back, he's kind of a war hawk, and he has no use for Iran. He's been going after Iran for how many years? You know, that they need to be stopped. And I don't know what Bennett has been doing, but it doesn't seem to be much. But you're right. Maybe this is going to go live and they've got the targets already done. Who knows? But it's very fascinating that, to me that Bibi Netanyahu is now back with the article said, and it was from one of the Israeli papers, that he could very easily take back control. I guess they're kind of dissatisfied with Bennett. 
and people have been leaving his uh, coalition or whatever they call it over there. Have you heard anything about that at all? Well, he's he's lost almost all of his coalition as far as having enough power to continue to rule, uh, with an exception of one that he stalled for now from leaving his coalition. And if that one had left, his government would have collapsed. And since that one is being, I guess you could say, somewhat bribed to stay a little longer, he's holding on a little longer. Uh, even he, uh, even Bennett and uh, and uh, oh, uh, Gantz, Benny Gantz, uh, mm-hmm. are, are at odds with each, with each other. And so you, you've got nothing, and you, you've got as about as much turmoil within the government of Israel as you do the government of America. And, and I find it odd, Stuart. I find it really odd that, that uh, there seems to be a similitude between Donald Trump and Benjamin Netanyahu. And, of course, at the same time, they're both out of power. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, it is. It is, because I know Israel feels that Trump is uh, one of their messiahs. I mean, they've treated Trump with extreme respect. And, of course, he's done a lot for him, like Cyrus of old. And so this is going to get really, really fascinating to see how this actually goes down. But we're awful close to uh, things, I believe. Uh, here's a kind of uh, more proof that NATO may well be the military arm of the United Nations along with their peacekeeping forces. And it comes from Zelensky at the uh, at the uh, WEF, the World Economic Forum. A global listen to what they're saying. A global structure that can provide sufficient support within 24 hours to any country that has suffered a military attack. This is what he's calling for. It must be able to guarantee security on a global scale. Well, the only one that can do that at present is the United Nations. The proposal, the article says, amounts to a de facto globalization of NATO. could also help countries hit by natural disasters or, for an example, a pandemic. Given the track record of the U.S.-led West, these two events could be used as a pretext to invade other countries for humanitarian imperialist reasons. Well, the United Nations, under Charter uh, Article 7 of their charter, gives itself the right to invade any nation at any time it chooses. And uh, they're the ones who decide when and what constitutes an international threat to the peace and security of the world. Notice the words peace and security. When they say peace and security, sudden destruction uh, destruction cometh. Anyway, I thought that was kind of interesting uh, as part of the stuff that they're talking about. And uh, what do you think about that, Larry? I mean, NATO, we now have a NATO base right here in America. What do we need a NATO base here for? I guess you could say uh, uh, <laughs> control. <laughs> uh, listen, a- anybody with one eye and a half cents, that's what a friend of mine used to say, <laughs> they they know that the NATO countries basically can't, can't even take care of their own countries. Matter of fact, Germany couldn't even get most of its military in operation when it was needed not long back. And, and uh, you know, I guess you could say a number of NATO. Just being NATO don't mean you're efficient, is what I'm trying to say. But anymore, Stuart, we're at the point, just being NATO means you're corrupt. Yeah, and our military is usually the one involved in any NATO operation, along with the United Nations. You ever notice, folks, how our patches of the American flag are backwards? On our military uniforms, why is that? Why would you wear your flag backwards? Uh, It's because it's no longer an American military. 
It's a UN-NATO military. That's what it is. And uh, this is all part of the one world order that they so desperately want to take place. And, of course, if they would read Bible prophecy, they'd be running the other way. We don't want a world government because that's the end of humanity is when this world government rises up. Uh, People just don't realize that God is going to destroy this planet. Uh, Go read Isaiah chapter 24 and the coming pole shift uh, where winds are going to exceed 1,200 miles per hour, where you're going to have the oceans leave their beds and rise up over the, uh, what was that name of that movie? Um, 2012, right, Larry, where... You had this monk sitting on a mountaintop in the Himalayas, and he's watching the the oceans come over. That was very realistic. uh, Jeremiah talks about that and how the oceans leave their beds and come up over the the, uh, continents. Uh, People laugh at a pole shift, but, hey, we've already had some of the wobbles. They've been reported. And the Inuits were the one of the first to report it because they navigate by the stars and by the sun and the moon. And uh, there are no real basic landmarks they can operate by. And so they navigate like uh, people on ships navigate. And anyway, uh, here's another comment that's kind of interesting. The United States does not support Taiwan independence, but will continue to expand ties with Taipei, Blinken says. Uh, is that Are they telling Taiwan that they're not going to get any help when the Chinese, who have already surrounded the, the island, uh, that we're not going to help them? I don't know what we could do anyway. What do you think? They're probably telling Taiwan that when the big attack comes that they're not going to wake Biden up. That's what I'm thinking. I think it's a discreet remark saying you're on your own, just like we've basically told Israel. Now, I do understand that we have American, I don't know if you call them troops on the ground. I'm sure we do have them over there. Uh, but also uh, aviation-wise, we're going to be using our probably AWACS and uh, refuelers if Israel Mostly gets into it. Yeah, go ahead, yeah. Larry. Uh, reading from Depka file in Israel, the most important thing during this drill in Israel is the American refuelers that will refuel Israeli warplanes in the air. Oh. So, yeah, we're going to get involved in it. It's just a question of when. It's not a question of if, folks. It's only a question of when. Uh, Here's one I want to get into. Larry, uh, you were a police officer for years, and I really would like to hear your comments about this one. Why did Uvalde police stand outside and do nothing uh, for a long time. Here are some of the headlines I found on Drudge. Ramos fired outside the school for over 12 minutes, inside for over an hour. Cops face growing criticism over their response. Furious pa- uh, parents speak out. Uh, survivor horror stories. Students covered their cells with bodies or blood. Girl shot when gunman heard her yelling for help after the police told her to do that. Uh, what is going on with our police departments these days? I know you were an officer. You even got written up for not cha- running away, but for chasing down and capturing these criminals. What what has happened? From well, your they don't do that anymore. Yeah, you know, when I was in in law enforcement, we, you know, protect and serve was real. And we protected and we served the people, you know, the public. But Mm -hmm. that something changed about the time I got out. And no longer was the people 
the priority. They had changed over to a system that the only priority is infrastructure. You understand that word? Infrastructure. And even the matter of fact, the FBI changed that terminology uh, before I got out, and, and I found out that the FBI's focus was on the infrastructure, not at all on the public. So with that being said, you know, the four, the, we've had a really strange deal. The four years of Trump, which you think, and he was pro-police, but yes, yes. those four years the police were beaten to the ground by the left and the Democrats and the rhinos. Yep. In other words, the, the police were, they had the crap beat out of them, is the way I'd put it. And they found themselves laying in the street out there by truth. And uh, for those that didn't get knocked down, they sent them to prison or jail for doing their jobs. Some of them may have done them, their jobs a little aggressively. However, they did their jobs, and suddenly now... We have a police force that a lot of the good ones got out. They saw the handwriting on the wall, and before Trump was out of office, they got out. Lots of them have left. Hundreds and hundreds across the country have left. So you're left with people that want to be there and want to have power and want to be police, but they don't want to get hurt. Does that sink in? You know, it's kind of like about the time I got out of law enforcement, uh, there was a change of... I guess a paradigm shift of thinking. They wanted you to go out there and make somebody do something against their will, like go to jail, but don't <laughs> offend them and don't hurt them. None of that. You know, it's, a, it's an impossible job. You can't make people to go somewhere they don't want to go without hurting their feelings, okay? <laughs> but here we are. And so what we see now, Stuart, is all the cops across the country, they're – you know they've been decimated. All these all these agencies are short on police. There's not a lot of them. However, Uvalde is a little bitty community. They could have been there. Most cops could have been there in two minutes. If you got a guy shooting outside of school, they could be there in two minutes or three minutes or four minutes, at least by five minutes. But how is it that nobody comes? And then when they do come. Nobody goes in. And then who, who, who gets thrown down and arrested? I'll tell you who did. The parents. Yeah. The kids that were inside parents that wanted to save them because the police are too busy standing outside with their thumb up their butt. That's the way it was when I was. When anybody did that, he was a coward or he had his thumb up his butt. That's how we talked. That's what we mm -hmm. thought. You know? But anyway, the the parents that wanted to rush in and save their children, well, they tased them or throwed them down and handcuffed them. I even heard one woman got out of her handcuffs and went in anyway and drug her daughter out, saved her daughter. But you, what you had was one ruly, unruly rather, one unruly Border Patrol officer that had a child in that school. He went in and he, he killed that old boy with a gun, and he brought his daughter out. Now, you don't hear much kudos for that guy, do you? You don't hear, where's the news media saying he's a hero? He went in yeah. and took this guy down all by himself, Stuart, while you've got all these other cops standing outside. Hey, there's something very, very bad and wrong with this picture, but we'll never know. America? I don't even know if America cares. Yeah. There'll be a momentary, um, you know, sadness, and then we'll get on with normal. And, of course, I believe personally this was a stand-down operation, uh, maybe way out in left field, but I'm not going to cut them any slack. When you have something like that going on, yeah, you could say these guys were all cowards, but maybe they were likewise under orders because you got to understand, folks, that the Democrats – and the communists want those guns. You have to disarm the general public. How do you do it? Well, you shoot up a bunch of kids in a school. That's how you do it. Because the children, the younger they are, the more emotional that becomes. And so the hue and cry is immediate from Schumer and Pelosi and the rest of these communists in Washington. 
get those guns. We got to get the guns. We got to get the guns. Well, people hey, ought sir. to read. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to comment. <laughs> uh, I was going to ask you, how many schools have been shot up in Israel? None. How many school children have been killed or, or shot down in Israel? None. You don't have anybody in the schools being hurt in Israel. They're not even threatened. But then again, I've seen lots and lots of pictures with even female teachers out on the playground, and they're wearing rifles, rifles, yes. battle guns on their shoulders. Yes. They're they're wearing weapons around these schools. But I guess we can't do that in America. Oh, my God, that would offend these perpetrators. That would offend these criminals. That would offend these terrorists. What a nation we've become. Yeah, it's hideous. It really is, because little children are totally innocent, and people like Biden and the rest of them, I firmly believe this was an inside job, inside plant, and uh, it would have gone on a lot longer had people not just decided, well, I'm, not, uh, I'm just not going to put up with this standing around and waiting anymore. It seems like this happened one of the other times with a mass shooting at a school where they didn't go in. And finally, I think one officer just decided, I'm going in. I'll go in by myself if I have to. He disobeyed orders. He was not supposed to go in. Now, why would you have orders like that unless you plan on having a number of kids killed for a specific uh, reason? Folks, you need to read State Department document 7277, the United States disarmament towards the, to the U.N., this is what this is about. They have to disarm the United States citizen. They'll do whatever it takes to do it. If this doesn't work, they'll kill 100 young kids at another school, or there'll be some mass shooting, or there'll be a mass. These people are so evil that the American people simply cannot believe that these kind of things are being perpetrated on them by their own people, by their own leaders. Why do you think Biden and the rest of these people are now like Schumer? Uh, we got to get those guns, and we got to get them now. Uh, f first, they'll go after the uh, AR-15s and the AK-47 type weapons. Well, you don't need that to go hunting. That's not what the Second Amendment says. It doesn't say keep your firearms uh, to go hunting. What does it say? It says the people shall not be the right of the people to have guns, whatever type of gun they want. The right of the people shall not be infringed. But we've got nine justices in Washington, D.C. with their long black robes. I wouldn't want to be any of them when Jesus Christ gets back here. When they say, uh, well, you know, we have to be reasonable. There's no reason a person needs uh, an automatic weapon. Well, what does it say? In order to preserve a free state. That's what it's there for. It's there so that the American people can rise up legally under the Constitution and put down this communist government. Now, we know they're not going to do that. We know the opposite is what's going to happen because of biblical prophecy. So they don't have to worry about, I don't think, an uprising because the Bible indicates in Jeremiah that it's ruler against ruler. It's not a general uprising of the American people against their government. They're too wussy now anyway. They're not going to rise up. They're not going to do anything. Uh, it, it's too bad, but that's what prophecy indicates. Anyway, uh, one of the excuse was from the sheriff. He said they just didn't want to be, you know, he didn't want to place his people in harm's way. Now, Larry, you've been a police officer for I don't know how many years. Uh, if you saw a crime being committed, 
Was it your duty to stop the crime, if you could? Well, of course it was your duty to stop it uh, by any means necessary. And as a matter of fact, in places I've worked, of course, I never worked up north. I never worked in the liberal states. But uh, in the states that I worked in, mostly Texas and Oklahoma, uh, there was a, a uh, actually a law that could be filed against me if I didn't do my duty, and that the law was neglect of duty. In other words, if I just turn my head like they do, you know, and let Antifa beat the crap out of everybody that don't agree with Biden, uh, you know, and that's what they do. You see, the, you see all the law enforcement up around New York and, and some of these other states, Washington and, and, you know, the different ones, you see them standing by, but they never stop Antifa from hitting people, do they? They only arrest the ones that try to defend themselves. And, yeah. and Stuart, speaking of defending yourselves, we, I, I don't expect this nation to last much longer as a nation. And what you may have, because I expect, unless something changes, all the Democratic uh, governments and in the Democratic states are going to take their people literally to hell. That's exactly where they're going to take them. And some of these other states that are not Democratic will not live in that environment and will not live by a U.S. government tyranny. And you're going to see what Anton Johansson said would happen that Jesus told him years ago. Some of these states are not going to belong to the United States of America anymore, and there will never be another United States of America. Yeah. Yeah. It's, just, it's too bad to watch. I wish just people that would, you know, that are Second Amendment defenders would actually understand that this is a global operation to disarm the United States populace. And this is how they're doing it. I believe this whole thing will be proven out to be a total false flag. The narrative doesn't, it just doesn't stand up. Uh, unless we just have, like Larry was saying, a bunch of wussies out there that wear a badge where they pull over uh, somebody and maybe beat them up. But when it comes to putting their own life on the line, they'd never do it. Uh, and and getting rid of a bad cop is is uh, kind of hard. Uh, there have been movies about it. I remember Serpico was one of them. And uh, Denzel Washington played as a heavy in uh, training day. And uh, he was really a bad, bad officer. Of the law, I think that's probably uh, not a great percentage of the police officers these days. So I don't want to paint that kind of a picture. But if my my, uh, I guess my thought is to the sheriff departments and the police departments: if you will not get rid of the people that need to be gotten rid of, when the uh, proverbial stuff hits the fan, the public is only going to remember the bad police officers and you're going to paint all of them as bad police officers even though they are not so my advice to all sheriff departments and police you get rid of your bad ones because if you don't it's going to come back to bite you when all of this goes down and like larry has said a number of times will these people actually these sheriff deputies and whatnot, are they actually going to come to help, or will they stay home and protect their own families when this really gets bad? And I think we're heading into a summer of bad stuff. What do you think, Larry? It just seems that way. Well, I would say this. If I'm there, <laughs> if I was there, I'd just go home. Because do you think I'm going to stand by and just watch Antifa and Black Lives Matter, and all of these groups that are burning things down and, and tearing up Jake and threatening people and hurting people and cutting people and shooting people, uh, you got to be kidding me. I don't think, Stuart, I know you're trying to give good advice to law enforcement. I don't think we got the time. That's, yeah. that's my point. I don't think we got the time to worry about it because what seems to be coming, and very, very soon, is, 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 it's so odd that the, if you look at the prophetic 
uh, like Red Elk and Henry Groover, and I can't even name the people. Almost all of the invasion routes or the beachheads are the liberal states. That's where they begin to land. Now, Stuart, when I say some states are going to leave the Union, they don't have to follow the Supreme Court or Washington, D.C., or anybody else. Nobody will be able to tell them anything, but they'll have to fight because the U.N. will go, come after them, you know, because yep. they're they're still free. But anyway, that's where we are. That's the time frame we're in, Stuart. I can't – matter of fact, I saw somebody on the war room this morning, and they were sharing. They said, if you really ab- – absolutely – I think it was Steve Cortez. He says, if you, the American people, think – you even think that we will ever go to back to being what America was once – you are so, so wrong. We will never live like that again. Everything has changed. And, Stuart, since uh, Trump is gone, and whether he comes back or not, let me assure you, Stuart, we have gone too far. Yeah. Yeah, it's too bad. Uh, and, and the attitude, like you said, the attitude of the police, for some reason, a spiritual aspect to this has uh, really turned things upside down. But that, again, this is the, what the Bible said. Good would become evil, evil becomes good. In other words, it's great that Antifa and Black Lives Matter can burn people, knife people, kill people. That's wonderful. But if you defend yourself, that's evil. This hey, is what the there? Bible meant. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and this is what's interesting, too. Biden is even opening the borders wider now. Uh, as wide as they can get, and they've already uh, they've already located uh, terrorists that have come in the country through the southern border, and they were in Florida. They've arrested some of them. They've already arrested somebody that had come in that was going to uh, assassinate George Bush this November, I believe, in Dallas, Texas. The plot was already in play. So, Stuart, here's a teachable moment, and, and I'd like your opinion on this. If all those police outside that school in Uvalde, Texas, standing around out there, looking good, looking tough, looking strong, holding their rifles, carrying their guns, and some of them I noticed were FBI and other federal agents. If all of those, Stuart, couldn't stop one killer in that building from killing those kids, how in God's name does the American people think they're going to handle terrorists and insiders that are taking down our nation? The police won't be available. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess, you know, uh, again, it's um, good versus evil, upside down. Everything is upside down. And all of that that you just said leads me to believe this was a total false flag, I'm not saying the kids didn't get killed. I'm surely they did. But I think it was well-planned. I don't think it was accidental at all. The more we find out about this guy, the more we find out that he had this plan for a long, long time, and the police knew about it. Well, if they knew about it, and why was that back door unlocked? They were under full security, according to what I read, and yet he was able, and he even knew which door to go into, and it was unlocked. You can't tell me this was not deliberate and willful, and it has U.N. operational uh, activities all over itself. The U.N. is a communist organization that wants you dead, folks. Get over it. Face it. It's no different than salvation and what Jesus Christ said for you to do. Face it. Do it. Or die. One or the other. And here we are. Anyway, Larry, final word. Well, all I can tell people is your choice. Yes. Yep. And that it's not going to be a pleasant choice now because we're now under judgment. And this may be part of the judgment of the Lord. Uh, it's hard to say something like that, but... Hey, here we are, folks. Uh, This is not the first school to go down in identical same way. They're using this to get the guns. That's what they want. And if you're foolish enough to give up your guns, then you deserve the slavery, the FEMA camps, 
the torture and the death of your entire family. Anyway, folks, it's hard news, hard sayings. But thanks a lot, Larry, for coming on, and thanks, everyone, for listening. Take care. Heads up. Keep your guns.